That's right, folks. Pillman's got a gun. <laughs> Welcome back to the Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast, where we hope that intro isn't blocked out, but we'll see. Because we are reviewing WWF Raw from November 4th, 1996. The infamous episode, Pillman's got a gun. Austin's on the run. Ha <laughs> ha. Ah, how are you today? Everybody out there in podcast land. I'm doing good. I've got my little Chris Jericho rant behind me. Got a second lease on life today. And I've got some big news today that I don't even think Arnold knows about has to do with, well, mainly just me, but kind of him and because he's here too, but don't let me, don't let us in the show, Arnold, without giving the big news, the big, big breaking news that just happened about five seconds ago before we started recording. Oh, Spe- okay. Speaking of Arnold, he's over there in Hello. Narnia, and I'm here in Hogwarts. So we're recording. Yep, sure are. <laughs> really bad transition. How you doing today, Arnold? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, a little curious about this big news myself. It's big, very big, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Ooh. Folks will have to listen to the whole show because who knows when it's going to pop up. Ah, good to me. Yeah. I'm excited. So, been looking forward to this one for a while because I knew it was coming. <laughs> Soon as Pillman turned on <laughs> or Austin turned on Pillman, you knew this was happening. I thought it happened a little later. I didn't realize oh, it was yeah. like a week later. Ah, we start the show. We see Stone Cold tearing up the studio from last week. We see, and I'm going to air quote this Pillman's house. Definitely not a hallway in Titan Tower somewhere. <laughs> ah, couldn't be. Who builds a house with drop lighting? I'm just saying, did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you didn't. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> we're at Pillman's house and Stone Cold's coming for dinner. <laughs> Should be a fun time. Uh, yeah. Kevin Kelly is live at Brian Pillman's house. And Stone Cold is circling the neighborhood. Ooh, Uh-oh. Uh, We're told that Raw is now on an eight instead of nine. Good thing, because it's already on. Could have told us that last week, maybe. (laughs) Something that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. (laughs) 
Yeah. So Stone Cold threatened to show up to Pillman's house. Running theme throughout the show. We got Vince McMahon and JR on co- or not J- JR, the King on commentary. If only it was JR and the King. Right. <laughs> I mean, we got rid of Bischoff this week on Nitro. I was hoping we get rid of Vince on this one, but should have known better because I remember all the things Vince said. Ah, yeah. Oh, if you guys are keeping score at home, we're still in Fort Wayne, Indiana for well, this episode. I, I, when it comes to WWF, until it goes live, I've even quit caring. Fair at enough. This point. I mean, I like knowing where Nitro is because they're live and around the country. But Fort Wayne, nice little place. Drove through there, I think, once. Maybe No, no, I'm thinking somewhere else. I've been near it. I've never, I don't think I've ever actually been to Fort Wayne. It's, it's up north, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I've never, never really ventured north of Indianapolis too much. I've been around Gary to get to Chicago. I've been to Chicago, but I wrote, well, I wrote, I guess I wrote a train through Indiana, but it was night. You didn't miss much. I was in Chicago. We had a, I got to Chicago like eight in the morning on a train. Next train didn't leave to like four. So I had a whole, whole day to spend in Chicago. Huh. I walked around a little bit. Didn't want to go far because I didn't know my way around. And Chicago is massive. <laughs> yeah. I saw a foot chase policeman chasing somebody almost knocked me down. That was like 10 minutes after I walked out of the train station. So, yeah, Chicago scared me really, really early. Oh, I didn't really venture outside of like downtown, really. Like went to, what's it called? Millennium Park, saw the bean and took a little cruise tour thing on Lake Michigan. Saw a lighthouse where uh, Al Capone would uh, conduct business. Alleged business. As it were, yes. Saw the fountain where the from the intro for uh, Married with Children. Started singing the theme for that. Love and I'm a nerd. marriage. Love and trivia question. <laughs> Who sang that song originally? Okay, I need to quit singing. We're already going to get copyright stricken. All um, right, today's <laughs> trivia question. Who sang the theme song original? Who sang the, who sang the theme song to... Married with children. Mm, at AE, you can. Here's a hint. It wasn't Al Bundy. No. Who, what the heck was that? I'm home alone. I don't know what that noise was. That was scary. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> what was? I don't know. I'm home alone. Something just moved. I don't know. Yeah. Trivia question. What's scared the crap out of Drew? Yeah, there we no. go. No. <laughs> Trivia question. Who sang the theme for? Oh, you know what? Screw it's not wrestling related. It was um Old Blue Eyes. Nobody knows who Old Blue Eyes is? I do. Okay. Well, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. The old crooner. And if, any, if any of you younger kids don't know who Old Blue Eyes is, it's Frank Sinatra. Speaking of blue, this first match blue. 
Nice transition. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't great. It was all over the place. I'll tell you that. Very much. Very much. You talk about booking yourself into a corner. Everybody and their mama was out here. I'm pretty sure all but maybe four people on the roster at this time were out there. It's like good gravy. So we start off raw tonight. <sighs> we get the stalker versus <sighs> gold dust with Marlena course and uh i guess this was just a promo for the master survivor series i guess it was a way just to show the audience everybody that's going to be on the teams because they're all out here they (laughs) all including the rock every time i wrote the rock i wrote it all in capital letters with exclamation points (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was it hard to tell who my favorite wrestler of this whole entire era was? Probably of all time. Oh, no, not at all. I'm inclined to agree. My favorite of all time would be Mr. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. <laughs> hey, I'm with it. 25 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just had to throw that out there because fun times, fun times. Yeah. But uh, this match was full of split screens and about everything else that could be involved. Yeah. Uh, We uh, see uh, Michael Hayes, who's telling us that Austin is on his way to Pillman's house as we speak. Stone Cold's on the phone with Vince, telling him he's going to open up a six-pack can of whoop-ass on Brian Pillman at his house. And, uh, I mean, this might have been a work shoot. We'll call it a work shoot, saying that he can do whatever he wants because WWF needs him. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Love this. And uh, I think, yeah, that was when Vince is like, oh, by the way, Pillman might have a gun. (laughs) Austin's like, okay, and? (laughs) Well, I don't think he's had the gun yet, is he? I I thought that come later. I don't think they knew for a fact yet at this point. But, uh, yeah, I do remember Vince saying something about that. Like, okay. like he said, Pillman may have a gun. Austin's like, okay, and? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a stunner. It's like, right? It's like, what's he going to do? I'm a pissed off Texan. He ain't going to shoot me. Even if he does, I mean, I'm just going to come after me anyway. And, uh, yeah, that was – a good chunk of the match. <laughs> yeah, this was this was a, a whole bunch of stuff running around the ring. And this whole episode was focused on Austin and Pillman. Yep. And it shows throughout the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know where to go with this match here. All right. So, okay. So we get, I wrote them, I wrote all the names down. So bear with me, folks. Mark Marrow, Sable, Mark Henry, and Rocky Maivia. 
I already said Marlena was there, which we knew that Goldust was out there. Triple H, Mr. Perfect, Crush, and Clarence Mason all show up. Like, like I said, literally everybody and their mama comes out here. And um, you would think that you would almost think you were watching a lumberjack match at this point. He's like, all these people surrounding the ring. Lawler gets up from the announce table, goes to support his team. So, yeah, don't forget Jerry Lawler was there too. Um, commercial break. We come back for commercial. Both guys are out on the floor. You skipped what the commercial was about. I honestly don't remember. It was a Stone Cold Bret Hart package. Oh, that's right. That is right. I completely forgot about that. It was good, too. Yep. Good call. Thank you for that. Because, yeah, I, I got you. I got your hot tag forgot. here. You know, that's my man, my man. But, yeah, so we come back. Both guys spill out to the floor, which if you watch professional wrestling and there's 18 billion people on on the outside – bubbling with testosterone it turns into a good old-fashioned brouhaha <laughs> on the outside of the ring which obviously is a double dq so nobody wins um there's your finish folks it was i'm gonna be honest a little disappointed considering the competitors in the match um and quite frankly, it's like none of that stuff really had anything to do with anything other than, oh, all these people are going head to head at the Survivor Series. Yep. And um, we get to see we get to see Rocky Maya via in action on television. So there's that nice top rope clothesline. Yes. Yes, and then we hit the hit a flying body press as well. Mm-hmm. That was pretty pretty interesting, um, and obviously not what he ends up being known for, but Hey, got to start somewhere. And then of course the good guys come in and clear out the ring, you know, in typical babyface fashion. Yep. They played, they won King of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was, that was that folks. That was the first match. Um, Quote unquote match. Yeah. It was literally, I feel like them just being like, well, we'll throw these guys out here and talk about survivor series. And then we'll talk about, Austin Pillman and yeah, that was that. Um, all in all, though, I gave it a B. Okay, okay. And I literally just encompassed everything into it. Like, I didn't want to split it up because honestly, had I split it up, split screen stuff with Austin and Pillman about that whole situation, I don't know what I would have graded that. Only because it happened during a match. Not the situation, but them talking about it. The match itself. What is it you gave for that Nitro? Incomplete? That might have gotten that for here because, like I said, this was just like, yeah, we booked ourselves into a corner. Yeah. And if you have, <laughs> and if you don't understand why I gave a match an incomplete, that means you haven't been following along and watching our Nitro reviews or haven't watched it yet. Go listen of why I gave a match an incomplete and that that turns into a 25, 30 minute rant on just the state of wrestling. <laughs> but it's also right before I cut a, one promo one, let's not mention his name or I'll go off again and let's not do that. Cause <laughs> ah, anyway, um, give it three years. So this show is weird. How I graded it. 
I graded, I did split it up. I gave ever, the Austin Pillman stuff all to their own since it just knew everywhere through the episode mm. and then graded everything else, you know, where it was. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Okay. So this match, I gave a C. It was there. It showed everybody that was going to be in Survivor Series match. Um, <clears throat> I think we all know that Survivor Series match is no, not known for being the greatest match ever. It's just known for being the Rocks first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've not got a whole lot of expectations for it. Hey, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe it'll be the Harlem Heat Nasty Boys match. <laughs> <laughs> or Benoit Mongo versus Faces of Fear. Who knows? You never know. Um, yeah, this match wasn't much. It was just a big schmoz to show everybody who all was in Survivor Series. Yep. You hit the you pretty much covered it all. I didn't write down a whole lot. Uh, Mark Henry backed King all the way back to Gorilla without throwing <laughs> a punch. Um, I didn't like that. This is where we're told Stone Cold is circling Pillman's neighborhood. Ooh. And we also, right after the match, find out that we're getting Taker Mankind round three mm. at Survivor Series. But this time, Paul Bear will be hung in a cage above the ring. <laughs> and they showed a picture of what it would look like of him in the cage. And I wrote, why'd they put Lee Marshall in that cage? <laughs> Again, if you don't understand that joke, you're not watching our Nitro reviews. Get off your butts, folks. So after that, so you said you gave B because you did. No, okay. No, I, I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. So next we go live with Pillman. We are live in Pillman's house. Pillman cuts a great promo on Austin. Yes. And then did you, did you see Brian Pillman? completely morph into another human being you must did you miss that did i miss that i must have unless they switched spots they had to because i was sitting there watching and then i must have blinked and there's brian pillman i blink and open my arm eyes and my god there's armed anderson because <laughs> <laughs> as we said at the top of the show pillman's got a gun True. And Very he, true. And he, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was not going to have any of, the, any of Austin breaking into his house with his wife sitting right there. All right. <laughs> For sure. And then we see Austin is outside. He's right outside the house and he attacks his friends who I didn't get a good look who that one, the, the white dude was, but he was mm-hmm. intent. He must be somebody we knew because he was intentionally hiding his face from the camera. Like to the point where it was obvious, but I couldn't tell out who he was. So if anybody got to see who that was or knows, I just didn't care too much to look it up, but I just thought it was funny because he was obvious. He'd fall down and jerk his head away from the camera. (laughs) And this is the part when they're outside that I have the issue with this part program with Mm -hmm. why it's nighttime, right? Yep. We're at Brian Pillman's house. He's built, they said Cincinnati, but then one point Kevin Kelly said we're out in the sticks. Yeah. Which actually doesn't take too far outside of Cincinnati to find some sticks. Nope. Just go to Indiana. 
I was saying north, south, east, or west, really, if you think about it. Yep. So we're at Pillman's house. Okay. I understand they wanted like an interview area with Kevin Kelly outside where they could show the outside of the house. Why is there stage lighting all the way around the house? Seriously. Mm, sorry. 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 WWF. If you did that, you knew it was set up. It was staged. It was planned. That's fake. That took a big hunk of grade out of this for me. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Still love the angle. But should have thought, it. well, they don't care. They're sports entertainment, not wrestling. But this took me out of it. As soon as I saw that, Austin goes around the house looking for a way in. I'm like, stunner the front door. That'll work. Stunner the front door. Just kick it. <laughs> but as soon as I saw those lights, kind of took me out of it a little bit. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. What do you think? Um, I mean, the thing overall, it was good. I kind of winced a little bit when Pillman said that uh, he was fine and that 97 was looking like a great year. It's kind of like, oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that kind of, it was like, oh, was a moment what, of silence on that one. What could have been? Mm-hmm. And um, I did like, uh, he mentioned something about uh, Austin crossing the line, you know, coming into his private life and, how things are completely different set of rules now. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> what do you say? Something about that? Austin is a dead man walking. It's <laughs> like, ooh. I mean, this we, man has a gun on television. Yeah. I mean, we talked about when we first start, when we did our very first episode of King of the Ring, you know, we said we wanted to start with the attitude era and we're starting, you know, I, you know, I made the case, you know, Austin's 316 promo is really what kicked it off. This is one of those spots where if you're going to say you think it's Pillman and the gun, I'm not going to argue with you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that want, some people said it started when uh, McMahon, so, so whatever, I don't know what he had to do. I don't, don't, it's some little known thing what he did to Bret Hart about a year from now, whatever, I don't know. Some people say it was there. I'm not going to argue whatever you think, but this to me, if we, if we use ours and say, you know, start at King of the ring and that kind of, kind of opened the door a little bit, cracked the door. Pillman just kicked it about halfway open. Mm-hmm. If not all the way. Oh yeah. I mean, we're, Big we're time. hearing them say kick their ass on TV, which even though next week they're going to bleep it out, which is a little awkward. Since we set it live, but then we had to bleep it out, which is whatever. Might be because they moved up an hour. Could I be. Thought, could be. But we're we've been seeing I mean, we've been talking about we've been seeing the shades or the the little little glimpses here and there of the attitude era. Pillman's got a gun on TV. Mm-hmm. Again, not full blown smart fans where people don't know it's all hoo-ha. And yeah, I said, you know, we, I saw the lights all the way around the house. That's because I know it's what it is now. And I'm looking for things like that. If you're mm-hmm. watching this on TV, unless you're just like in production or in some kind of, you know, inside the TV movie business, you're not going to see that. Mm-mm. More than likely not. Maybe you will. Who knows? But yeah, this this whole segment was just gold. <laughs> I loved yes. it. 
And I like how somebody, whenever they were, <clears throat> excuse me, talking to Pillman, somebody's screaming that Austin's like right outside the house. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, outside the house, outside the house. And like, you see Pillman's face and they just, or you can't hear the snap there. Hold on. And it's like, all right, we need to go to, to a commercial like right now. <laughs> yeah. Pillman's facial just, I know Sid looks crazy. Pillman's just insane, wide-eyed. Just, I don't know how to describe it. Just, I don't think everybody's seen it at this point, probably. Just great. Absolutely great. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it was after that, it was what, that little karate fighter segment? Skip that. I think it was. I skip those every time I see them. Don't care. That was funny. Those are so campy. They are. And, and I understand you're trying to get your, you know, it's a product they're paying you money, but it's just so stupid for me. Like, mm-hmm. who was it this week? I saw Marlena and Sid. Sid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't care. <laughs> no offense to Marlena. I don't want to hear her talk about a toy. I'm pretty sure Sid never had toys as a kid, maybe a softball mitt, but. I just fast forward through that, save some time. It's probably probably for the best. I sat there and watched it. I just laughed the whole time because I was just like, "This is so dumb." And it's like, I get it. Like you said, you're hawking a product. They're sponsoring your pay per view. Cool, I guess. Um, I guess it's no different, really, than the fact that any time that WCW mentioned Halloween Havoc, they had to say Slim Jim presents. So, I mean, I, okay, I get it. You know, I'm not going to argue with that. Live from the Market Square Arena. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's another one. It's like, it's like, sure, we'll let you uh, use our arena. You just have to mention it every chance you get. So the, the meme says Vince McMahon loves big, sweaty men. Vince McMahon loves big, sweaty checkbooks. Mm-hmm. Oh, hands down. And it freaking shows. Speaking of big and sweaty, what was our next match? Oh, no kidding. All right. So next we get the Sultan with the uh, cheeky baby and everybody's favorite lunatic, Bob Backlund, taking on the dude with the weirdest nickname I've ever heard, Alex the Pug Porto. And all right, what can I say about this match that hasn't been said about any match that Sheik's been involved in? Do you remember what happened in this match? Nope, don't care. All I wrote is why Bob Backlund and why can't Vince McMahon let a Samoan actually be Samoan? True that. Fun fact, if you guys don't know, the Sultan is Rikishi. All right. Father of... um, Jay and Jimmy Uso. And their other, his other son, their brother, I guess that's how families work, is now in NXT 2.0, which means rest in peace to your career. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're just going to skip over everything that happened. Camel Clutch for the win. And that was pretty much the match, folks. Uh, that was. It wasn't long. It wasn't at all. The announcers talked about none of it. Mm-mm. This is, they all about, Pillman and Austin, had they lost the feed yet? I can't remember. No, no, we haven't. No, nope, they hadn't yet. lost the feed at this point. So, 
They're still just talking about Stone Cold and Brian Pillman. Yeah, this yep. match was there. It was just there. So I gave it a C. Yeah, that is what I would have gone with because I forgot to grade it. <laughs> I honestly forgot to grade it. I wrote down the names of the dudes and I literally wrote down Camel Clutch. <laughs> That was that was the match. <clears throat> here's here's it. I'll write. I'll read exactly what I wrote verbatim. Why Bob Backlund dot dot dot? Why can't Vince McMahon let a Samoan be Samoan? All the commentary is about Stone Cold Brian Pillman, Camel Clutch, give up Salton wins. End. That's all I wrote. That's the match. There's nothing else there. <laughs> that was it. I'm but glad that was cool. Yep, I'm glad Rikishi breaks away and actually gets a gimmick. Yeah, <sighs> me too. So anyway, we are back at Pillman's house, and you can hear Austin outside at this point. Pillman's art that that Glock it is locked and loaded, baby. We are ready to rock and roll. And the part that kind of threw me off at first, like I know what happens, but the part that threw me off is like you see Pillman pointing the gun toward the door. And then you just hear the glass breaking, which at first it took me a second to realize that's Austin breaking the glass. Because <laughs> at first I thought Pilva was just unloading. And I'm like, why is he shooting at the glass? Wait for him to walk in. And I love the symbolism. I mean, that they don't even realize yet. But when you go back and watch it, it, it clicks. How does Austin's iconic theme music start? Glass breaks. Glass breaking. How does... And how does this, how did, yeah. And then this opens up with Austin breaking glass. I'm like, yes, you don't know what you're <laughs> doing, but that's awesome. But yeah, at this point, yeah, this is the point. Yeah, Brian, or yeah, Brian Pillman's up. He's out. Everybody's like, you know, flipping out in the house. Austin's breaking down the glass. As we see Austin get that door open, Pillman has the gun pulled, eyes wide open. And then that's when we lose the feed. What happened? Did he shoot him? Mm-hmm. We don't know. All we get is static. Scary stuff, folks. Is this hour two of Nitro? No, that's the feet going away. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have an hour two of Raw yet. Ah. Let's see here. Yeah. What was next? Oh, next, we get Jr. in the ring with Sid and Shawn Michaels at this podium thing with a mic with mics on each side, and Jr. standing there in the middle. I wrote worst game of Family Feud ever, <laughs> or best at been here in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. talking about things we can and can't say on TV. Sid may have said the word, um, bullshit. <laughs> Okay, like we said, folks, this episode's kicking that door open a little farther. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Michaels quotes Flair, which probably may have got him a little bit of heat with McMahon. Oh, yeah. He, he does the whole to beat the man or to be the man. You got to beat the man. And I bet you Vince is sitting there going, you son of a. You know, <laughs> I, I could almost see Vince saying at this point, you know, I could say in Vince's mind. He'd already had, he had Michaels going over SummerSlam. And this is the point where he goes, 
To be the man, you got to beat me. He's like, well, he's one too narrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Sean knocks the podium over. Sid pushes Jose Lothario and that and Sid and Sean Michael have a shoving match. And then we hear a voice on the microphone. It's a voice we haven't heard in a couple weeks. Those dulcet tones, that smooth operator on a microphone, just that voice that when you know you hear it, you know it's about to hit the fan. That is Mr. Jim Cornette. And here comes Camp Cornette, all of them. And they surround the ring. We got Sid and Sean back to back ready to fight them off. Owen whacks Sid with a chair and Sean takes the chair away from him. Well, Sid turns around, knows he got hit with a chair. He didn't really sell it too much, but he turns around and guess who's holding the chair? Sean. He thinks Sean hit him with the chair. Oh no. Mm-hmm. They chase him off. And Sid, what is, uh, oh, Sid thinks Sean used the chair. Camp Cornette attacks again. And Sid and Michael, or Sean and Sid had to be separated. Nice segment. I actually ended up liking this. Oh, yeah. This was a really nice way to get to show the dissension between Michaels and Sid, who have to team together next week because yep. they have a tag title match. But um, this was a fairly decent segment. I like the promos back and forth. Sid may have said something, probably got him a little bit of heat on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean quoting Flair probably got him, maybe got him a little bit of heat. I don't oh, know. No, it did. I'd say it <laughs> did. Um, I gave, I gave this overall B. It was entertaining. I liked it. It furthered along the whole story. Oh, yeah. I have to agree. Like, I was like, um, I also gave this segment a B. Um, it was a good segment. It was a good segment between Sid and Sean and just seeing, yeah, like getting everybody ready for their match at Survivor Series. Um, more of this, you know, we're buddies, but maybe not. Um, it was nice seeing Cornette on TV again. I hadn't seen him in a while with uh, Camp Cornette looking like they were in full effect. Um, I mean, there was not much more to it. I'm actually ready to see Sid and Sean throw down. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that match. Oh, yeah, I am too. I am too. And I did like that they tried to get us back over to Pillman's house, but the feed was still out. That was funny. He was like, did we get the feed fixed yet? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll go back to this. Oh, these guys are fighting. Shove it match. All right, cool. We'll be right back, folks. And then we come back to our main event. If you want to call it that. We get Mark Marrow with everybody's favorite plastic bag, Sable, taking on Fake Razor. Being accompanied to the ring by Glenn Jacobs, aka Fake Diesel. Fake Razor. I remember his name like as soon as we get recording today. Rick Bognar. Oh. It's a fun fact. I didn't know that. 
Uh, Bogner, Bognar. I don't know exactly. It's a B-O-G-N-A-R. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> oh God, I better I better spell it right. I was like, don't yeah, wanna, you don't want to come let Jericho to come at you. Don't want the bloated, overweight piece of crap. Let's not do that again. I don't want to cut a promo on two different podcasts. Go listen to our Nitro if you want to hear me go off on literally. And I apologize for some of the things I might have said that are bleeped out, but I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for what I said about Jericho. Piece of garbage. Oh, no. You said what you said. You meant it. Yeah, you said yeah, it with yeah. your whole chest. His whole chest covered airport. Oh, he wore a Tommy Hilfiger shirt the other day and a helicopter landed on him. (laughs) I tried to get on his bad side, but I only have enough change for two bus fares. Boom. So we're on the phone with the (laughs) director. I was waiting. How long you let me go? So, So we're on the phone with director. Carwin Silfies, I think his name was, something like that. But we're, he's on the phone with Vince. He was there, you know, he's there at the Pillman household, and apparently all the power went out. So explains why they lost the feed. And uh, I guess generators aren't a thing for production. Yeah. But uh, anyway, according to Carwin, uh, the police aren't there yet. Um, JR ends up calling out Vince for this whole publicity stunt. And um, I got to say, I'm enjoying that because it's kind of funny seeing Vince in a way. It seems like he's kind of squirming, even though I'm sure it's a work. But he's kind of like, well, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, JR. I, uh, I'm just as shocked and appalled as you are. It's like, dude, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. My, fa- my favorite was was um, the King goes, maybe we should call the match. And JR's like, yeah, that'd be different. <laughs> <laughs> I was all saying, you know, you're doing something right when King is the voice of reason. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, I enjoyed that. And I mean, and that's the thing is like, I was like, uh, honestly, I enjoyed the back and forth that we're seeing between JR and Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's great, and it's like honestly, it's like it's like Jr. kind of taking the side of Stone Cold here in a way because I mean Austin said the same thing over the last couple of weeks. It's like yeah, we know who's pulling the strings back here, Vince, and um, that's why yeah, like like what I was saying earlier, kind of like a a work shoot situation, yeah. and it's like it's a shoot, but it's a work kind of thing, and. Like you're noticing that with Austin, you noticed it with Pillman back, you know, whenever he was with Vince there on commentary talking about, you know, getting paid and whatnot. And you see here with Vince and Jr. Same thing. It's kind of like you need to stop this, Vince. This needs to stop. This is getting out of hand. And Vince, I don't know what you're talking about. Jr. Great, you know, and that overshadowed the match, which was great. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciated that because this match was Marrow versus fake razor. <laughs> yeah, that was the match. I couldn't remember because I was no, too busy listening to the commentators go back and forth. Definition of bad and nothing against these. If this was Mark Marrow versus Rick Bognar, it might have been a decent match. Mm-hmm. But it was not. It was Marrow versus fake razor and no one cared. 
we talked about the crowd at Nitro being insanely hot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many hours these people had done watched, but they were dead, did not care. Oh, yeah. They just nothinged this whole thing. No, nah, it was quiet. Because remember, they're not getting the Pillman feed. Nope. They're just getting what they see in the ring, and they could give two poops less. Oh, yeah. They give two craps less about what's going on in the ring right now. And can you blame them? No. I can't blame them a bit. And you can see the crowd's disapproval of Razor and Diesel right now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not Razor and Diesel. And I I don't get it. I don't get it. And, okay, well, here's your finish, folks. All right, so, you know, you did commercials and whatnot or whatever. Cool. Triple H and Mr. Perfect show up. Okay. Um, Mara goes for the wild thing. And Triple H nips that in the bud. And this helps fake Razor hit the fake Razor's edge for the win. <laughs> I'm glad you wrote because I wrote fake Razor's edge as well. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I mean... I mean, come on. You can't say fake razor and they call his finisher the real finisher. Yeah. Because uh, I'm pretty sure Scott Hall is still doing the outsider's edge in WCW, probably as we speak. I mean, he wasn't, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what he called it. I don't remember. But, like, that was his finisher. And you got this other guy doing it as Razor Ramon. Come on, folks. I mean, I couldn't imagine having that big of a freaking ego. And I really wish I could have been a fly on the wall whenever that idea was pitched. Uh, I've heard stories about when it was. And from what I understand, everybody said, this is bad. This is really bad. And there was only one person who thought it was good. I mean, I'm I'm not counting like people like Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard who would Vince McMahon would tell you to that a bowl full of crap with mayonnaise on it is a gourmet meal and they'd be oh it's five star restaurant blah blah. Yep. I'm not talking about his butt kissers who just are yes men. <laughs> I'm talking like I guess I'm talking your Pat Patterson's, your Cornets, your you know those people. Michael Hayes know what they're doing, and probably even the two guys that ended up with these gimmicks. We're probably well, they, like, mm. oh, they both know this was stupid, but I mean, hey, you're getting paid. Exactly. I mean, That's the exact. And when it comes to Glenn me. Jacobs, this uh, is stupid, but it's better than being a maniacal dentist. True. And honestly, I mean, it paid off in the end. I don't know what the other guy was doing before or after, but I hope he got, I hope he got paid. Oh, yeah. And that, uh, yeah. I mean, that's all you can say is uh, hopefully he got paid. And I mean, it paid off. It paid off for Glenn Jacobs. I mean, he went on after vanishing off TV for a while, came back as the devil's favorite demon. Oh, best, best debut in history, I believe. I will go down and saying best debut ever. Love oh, that yeah. match. Bad Blood '97. I even remember mm-hmm. the pay per view, the very first Hell in a Cell match. Yep. One of the best Hell in a Cell matches, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fake Razor's Edge, one, two, three. This match was 
this match was one of those stupid things. It's all about Pillman and Austin. Exactly. And, and you know, like you said earlier, like you alluded to earlier, like this was the theme of the show tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining one bit because this main event was a stinker. I'm sorry. It was a stinker. And honestly, had it not been for JR and Vince going back and forth with uh, King and they're like, hey, guys, you know, kumbaya. And the stuff going on in that Cincinnati suburb. The sticks. Um, <laughs> yeah, if it weren't for all that, I probably would have went ahead and flipped the nitro. Like, yep. I'm going to be honest with you. I probably would have went ahead and flipped the nitro. <coughs> and uh, that being said, I will be honest with you. I gave this match a D plus. <whistles> this, I'm sorry. This was, this was not a main event. This was not a main event. Even if Scott Hall were still Razor Ramon, I wouldn't have put him up against Mark Marrow. And I mean, that's no disrespect to Marrow. Marrow, the person, is a great person. I follow Marrow on Twitter. Oh, he is a I love great his like, mo- motivational talks. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Go listen to M- Mark Marrow. Oh, yeah. Mark Marrow is a great guy. He is a genuinely good person. He's the complete opposite of Hulk Hogan, <laughs> who's a jabroni among other things. And if you want to hear more about that, you need to be watching or listening to, pardon me, that uh, Nitro broadcast because, yeah, we've got like a mini promo on him too. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm about to get myself fired up. But at the same time, I mean, even at this point, Mero in ring, it, it takes, it seems like it takes certain people to bring the best out of marrow or bring you know a better match or a good match out of marrow fake razor is not that dude i, I mean that's what it boils down to fake marrow is not that dude or fake marrow <laughs> fake ramon fake razor fake razor ramon is not that guy yeah i i can't agree. i can't disagree with what you said i gave it a c um just because there um I, I feel so sorry for this guy I mean, he's got the size, mm-hmm. and when he's not trying to make razor faces, he would he could be. I think I think this guy could have been decent. Yeah, he, I don't know. And honestly, was, even if they had done it as a parody to kind of rib Hall and Nash for leaving or whatever. Oh, if it would have been done as a joke, like a I'd jobber, have been more on board. Well, jobber team, I'd have been. I thought it would have been hilarious. Yeah, I'd have been more on board with that. I mean, it'd have been a little stupid because it's exposing the business, but so's this. Yeah, just the fact that you have another razor and another diesel is exposing to business. So I, I could deal with it more as a parody than actually trying to get it legitimately passed. Yeah, I mean, you can take a play on their names called Diesel Gasoline and Razor Ramon. Well, I mean, cocaine. What, or yeah, I was going to say straw man or something, but <laughs> <laughs> rolled up gasoline $20 and, bill. Gasoline and runny nose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, if you do it that way, it's like, look, this is just a rib, whatever. We're just, you know, something like that. Instead of, I made them, I can bring them back. And it's like, no, you can't. I'm sure people behind the scenes were like, no, this is a terrible idea. Don't do this. You're, you're, you don't understand. Actual human think beings. I said this before. Yeah. The gimmick doesn't make the person. The person makes the gimmick. Yeah. Oh. Like, could you see Mark Marrow as gold dust right here? 
Yeah. We have him on the show. Nobody else is going to be able to do that. Yeah. That's all Dustin Rhodes. The dude wanted to get fake breast implants to sell the gimmick. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking like wear a padded bra. No, he legitimately told Vince McMahon he would have plastic surgery to have breast implants. That mm-hmm. is dedication on a level that I can't even comprehend. Right, right. And that's the thing. Like, could you see if Goldust leaves WWE or WWF, or whatever, for, you know, insert promotion here? And here comes, you know, Vince again. I made gold dust, you know, whatever. And then they're like, hey, Mark Marrow, you know, the wild man thing's not working out. If you consider being gold dust. No, they're going to give it to Ahmed Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Pro those promos would be. (laughs) That would be hilarious. Okay, here we go. Give us your opinions. I got a question for you. I'll ask you one, and that may, I may just, I don't know if I can be topped on that one. Shout us out on Twitter at AEWRPod with your answer. What person doing someone else's gimmick would be either the most hilarious, the worst, or who do you think could actually have done something better? Like Ahmed Johnson doing gold dust would be the most hilarious and probably bad I've ever seen. Oh, it would have been terrible. It would have been absolutely terrible, but man, it would have been funny to watch. Yokozuna doing Val Venus. (laughs) I quit. I quit. Oh, you got one? I'm finished. No, I'm done. I'm I'm leaving. I've got stuff to do today, man. I don't need to sit here and think about Yokozuna with the Val Venus gimmick. Does he get to keep Mr. Fuji, though? No. <laughs> I don't know. Do they have a katana going to cut off Mr. Fuji? <laughs> oh, you mean his manager, Mr. Fuji. <laughs> Sorry. Took that in a whole different direction. Because that would have been that much more funny. It's Yokozuna still, like, not talking. But it's Val Venus. And then have just Mr. Fuji out there, like, hello, lady. <laughs> And it'd just be like, what? <laughs> None of this makes sense. Oh, shoot. I'm sitting there trying to think. Hmm. Somebody, okay. Triple H trying to pull off, well, we'll say Mick Foley in general. <laughs> like, could you picture that? Like, if Foley's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm done. I'm going to. I don't know. We're going to WCW. Yeah, here's here would be it. Here's me doing Triple H as mankind. Have a uh, uh, good uh, day. <laughs> <laughs> or have a n- nice uh, day. Psycho Sid as the Undertaker. <laughs> we could go all day, folks. Oh God, he uh, would murder that. Like no pun intended. Speaking of murder, we almost had one, didn't we? Oh, we did. We did. Okay, so, uh, all right, that disaster of a match is over. Um, 
guess what? There's about a minute and a half left of the show. <gasps> guess what magically starts to work again? Yeah, we are back live out the sticks, folks. We are back at Pillman's house. Pillman looking insane, but he's being held back by his friends who just got their butts kicked by Austin a little bit earlier. I'm surprised they got up because he hit him over the head with just about anything he could find. And uh, that shot with the little kid's wagon. Holy crap. I thought, I mean, I that had to look jitter. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, you just straight. No, that that's a concussion. He just chucked a radio flyer right at him. Chucked it at him and then cracked the other dude over the head with a sprinkler. Like, and it broke. <laughs> so it's <was> like, <laughs> either you got that from Walmart or uh, you really hit him over the head with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so apparently, uh, yeah, they got Pillman held back. There's pandemonium going on. Austin's nowhere to be seen. And apparently, uh, Kevin Kelly says that Austin saw the gun and left. And um, gee, wonder why. Yeah. And so it seems like no sooner he says that. Look who reappears. Almost like that was his cue words. Mm-hmm. It was like Austin's back. Pillman screaming obscenities, including one F-bomb that did not get bleeped. No, it did not. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing I was thinking. I'm like, if this was real, he'd be screaming ever. Oh, there it was. <laughs> it's like, ah, 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 there it is. And I was like, yeah, I was waiting on it because I was like, you know, it's coming. And I mean, you knew it was coming. And Right on cue. It's like, ah, there it is. And, uh, yeah. That's how we go off the air. Pillman holding the gun. And it makes you wonder. It's like, uh, it's one of those things. And I'm looking at this from a purely professional wrestling standpoint. And especially at the time period, you got to think. Did they go too far? Probably. Probably. But I mean, I'm sure. We're, and like we said, it's a point where people kind of knew it was not on the up and up, but kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. I wonder, did anybody call the police? Because I remember one time, I can't remember who was driving the car, ran over Jerry Lawler on TV. And when the episode aired, people were legitimately calling the police like in mass mm-hmm. where they had to come back on the TV show and say, don't call the police. They've already been notified. Oh, yeah. And I remember hearing, I think it was the Rise and Fall documentary that Bischoff had said that there would be times where, yeah, they'd be attacking somebody or whatever backstage or outside or whatever. Actually, I think it was whenever they lawn darted Ray Mysterio into the uh, trailer in the back there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I remember him saying that, yeah, people were like legit calling the cops and they had to eventually, yeah, same thing. And tell them like, Hey, like, like look, we already know what's going on. We got this. It's cool. And imagine that being the way you find out that pro wrestling's a work. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be like being six and being like, I waited up all night and Santa didn't show up. I'm like, yeah, that's a crappy way to find out. <laughs> and yeah, like, that would be kind of a crappy way to find that out. It's like, oh my God, they're assaulting Rey Mysterio. Y'all need to get over there. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's still real to me. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah, yeah. Uh, did they go too far? Maybe. Probably. Yeah, I went from maybe to yeah. Mike, uh, don't get me wrong. Given the guys involved and with the storyline as a whole, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I get it. But they, yeah, it's, like, it's one of those things, I guess, at the same time, like considering the time period, not, I mean, not now. Now I'll just be like, whoa. But like given the time, like we're talking mid 90s, you know, wrestling, especially in the WWF at this point, is still campy for the most part. I mean, and then you got Brian Pillman pulling out a nine millimeter like it's nothing. Like <laughs> this is I mean, a regular day. If I'm taking my DeLorean and going back and redoing all this, I don't have a problem with the Pillman having a gun, but maybe not there with Austin pointing it at him. Maybe, you yeah. know, the whole don't have Austin come in and have the gun pointed at him angle. Now, I don't have a problem with him Pillman there. Like, I'm going to defend my house. If he comes in, I'm going to shoot him. That's fine. We can deal with that. That's real. Mm-hmm. People believe that. But maybe not the point where Austin comes in, especially the ambiguously open ending. Yeah. That we have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's my thing there. And I mean, it's one thing if you're watching Law and Order, you know, like a cop drama or something like that. Because I mean, that's what cops do. Obviously so, scripted. You know, freeze dirtbag. You know, whatever. But, um, yeah, this is one of those things. It's like this ain't a cop drama, <laughs> you know. And um, it's like, and it's weird because it's like it's one of those things because it's like at the same time you think about it, we've already seen dudes get buried alive, thrown in coffins. We just saw a segment earlier with Undertaker, like "You're gonna put you in a cage and string you up," you know that whole thing. And it's like, and then he gets to this, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. This is crossing the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, I mean, looking back on it, I mean, you, and you can't really help but look back on it fondly, though, because it's like, in a way, like, like you said earlier, like, you know, some people make the argument that the Austin 316 promo kind of got a jump start on the Attitude Era in WWF. Uh, some people may say that this segment here with Pillman and the gun got the jump start on it. I mean, and then, of course, you know, what we talk, what we'll talk about later on um i mean there's i mean and you start to see shades of it especially whenever austin is on the screen or whenever pillman is on the screen the uh saga between mankind and the undertaker their matches are pretty edgy and of course you know mick foley being mick foley is going to put himself in some sort of situation that could end in death at any given point Anytime he's on the screen. Well, that's a work shoot if you ever, there's ever was one. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about a man at this point is already missing an ear because he damn near choked himself out on some ropes. That wasn't his fault. But, and he's over. So, hey, there you go. Um, Undertaker starting to become a lot darker, more, you know, Undertaker. Um I mean, things are starting to come together. Sid dropped BS on television. I mean, it was bleeped, obviously, but you know what he said. Yeah. Um, And part of me wonders if Sid probably just forgot what to say there and just came up with that. 
Oh, I, don't <laughs> think, I don't think it was he was told to say that. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> In this episode, they're gonna give that line to anybody. It's gonna be Pillman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hands down. But we get an f bomb from him. So <laughs> <laughs> two weeks, two f bombs mm-hmm. from different people. Can't remember who the last oh, yeah. one was, but oh, but... nasty boy, dude. Oh boy, yeah, nasty that's right. boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's one of those things. It's like yeah, depending on how you look at it, you can say they cross the line with the whole gun stick. But at the same time, it goes to show, it's like, look, like these two, like Billman said earlier, it's like Austin made it personal. And he's trying to roll up on your house. You got to handle your business. Maybe not point the gun, show the gun, but like, oh no, he's got a gun. And honestly, even if they had done it to where Austin's starting to break in and we see Pillman, you know, getting up and they're trying to wrestle him down or whatever, then feed goes off. I think that would have left more of a cliffhanger, like, oh, my God, what happened? Instead of seeing him, you know, pointing a gun and all of a sudden it goes out. Yeah, because, I mean, little spoiler alert here, the next week they show Austin the beginning and he doesn't have gun hole. He doesn't have bullet holes in him. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just don't mention it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we, uh, yeah, so that was a thing. And anyway, so, here's Austin. <laughs> I'm pretty sure USA had a little phone call to Vince McMahon the next morning going, or probably five minutes after this went off going, uh, what was that? No. <laughs> and that same person next year is going to be going, look at where all this money come from. Right. Hose, ho train, choppy, choppy, pee pee. You go, you, you crazy kids go do what you want. So say, so, yeah, if we're down with this, we got two words for you. Keep it up. <laughs> That's what Stexus is for. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the show, folks. Some my final grade, since I said I I split all the pill and Austin stuff up. Um, I gave it all one big lump grade. I give it a B plus. And that sounds low for what it was, and it was an A it probably is an A plus segment, but just for where it is in history. And everybody remembers it, but the lights outside, the obvious that it's not a real house with the drop lighting, you could tell it was a hallway in an, in an office building. kind of took me out of it a little bit. I mean, even then I'm like, who would have drop ceilings in a house? I would be thinking that. Hmm. And then the whole, did they go too far? Kind of. I can understand that. There must be a ghost in this house. Poster just fell off the wall. Oh. I don't know. Anywho. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why it gets a B plus. It, I mean, I wouldn't argue if anybody said A, A plus. I could see where you're coming from. And if you said anything lower than B plus is the low end of the spectrum on this for me. Mm-hmm. So if you said lower than that, we may have to talk a little bit. But, yeah, B plus for me. Mm-hmm. And you put yours in throughout the. I was like, yeah, I put it in throughout because, I mean, it was a big part of the show, and it seems like every match, that's what they ended up talking about. And Well, it, um, well, it was the highest thing I gave a grade to. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not – and don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking it at all even by saying, like, oh, it was throughout the whole show. I get it, you know. I mean, obviously, you don't want to dedicate an entire block to that because that would have been half your show. And, then the rest um, of it would have been crap. Yeah, the rest of it would have been straight garbage. 
and I would have immediately flipped over to Nitro. I'd have been like, oh, Pillman Austin stuff's over. Click. I mean, even with this stuff in there, this wasn't a good episode. Mm-mm. At least Mm-mm. on my end. No, it's think. like the matches didn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's like the segments with Pillman and Austin, Sid and Sean were much, much more entertaining. Yeah. Than at, the matches we got. I mean, look at the matches. Gold Dust, Wyndham, Pug, Salton, Marrow, and Fake Razor. Nobody you care about. Mm-hmm. No nope. big, no top of the card name at all on nope. any of those. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, and yeah, and the fact and you can kind of tell in this episode that WWF put their eggs in the promo basket in this episode. And because, I mean, obviously you get your little stupid commercial for karate fighters for Survivor Series. You get Michael Hayes talking about Survivor Series and talking about Austin being at Pillman's place and whatnot. You get the Austin and Pillman saga throughout this whole thing. And then you get the uh, weird, awkward debate thing between Sid and Sean, which turned into a shoving match, which turned into them making Camp Cornette take a powder, which turned back to them, you know, whatever. But other than that, yeah, these matches were just lackluster. They were lackluster. Um, And I'll be honest with you, for my overall grade for it, since I graded everything throughout, it kind of hurt it a little bit. And I will be honest with you, all together, the show was a C. All together for me. Y'all couldn't put one decent match on here? I get it that, you know, you got all this other stuff going on outside and everything like that. You got stuff going on with Sid and Sean. Okay, whatever. You got stuff going on with Austin and Pillman. Okay, cool. Y'all couldn't put, hell, Triple H in a match at this point? Anything. Anything. The first match was overbooked to oblivion. The second match. Why? The main event. Double. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it's like, y'all started an hour earlier. Why? To compete against, who was it? Like, Buff Bagwell? Scotty Riggs? Y'all had the opportunity here, moving an hour up. Why not put Sean in a match? Why not put Sid in a match? Triple H. No, instead we get the Sultan, Mark Marrow, Fake Razor, and freaking the Pug. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Nope. Like, I understand that you had this stuff going on, like I said, with Pillman, Austin, Sid, and Sean. Great. Okay, cool. Can we get one decent match? I'm done. Thank you. I can see, I think, I can see their understanding of on paper why they would think if we've got this big angle in the background, we don't want anything to distract from it. Or if we do have a big match, we don't want this thing in the background to distract from what they're doing in the ring. I get their understanding in that. And I probably would have picked the one they did, thinking that on paper. But it just didn't translate to real life. It's one of those that's much better in planning than execution. They should have had the opening match. 
that no just be going with it who cares enter enter introduce them next week put this put that next week and have a good opening match you've got your opening hour where you're going head to head the pillman stuff doesn't start till really after that match Mm -hmm. give me a good match to begin with give me top of my head the roster so freaking thin Mm, give me trip give me trips versus i'm out (laughs) versus somebody i can't i can't think right now um give me trips versus owen give me trips give me triple h and owen hart okay he can come out later for the other stuff. Yeah. Give Triple H, that. Noah, and Hart. Start to show off with. And give me a finish with it, not a double DQ. I don't know. This episode didn't do it for me. You said C. I said C+. Plus. I got no qualms with that. Yeah. I mean, and that's my thing. Like, you know, and I understand exactly where you're coming from, too, where it's like, yeah, you don't want to overshadow certain things and whatnot. And it's like, to me personally, I feel like one good match, like you said, Trips and Owen Hart would be a good match. You could have threw that on here and that wouldn't have overshadowed anything. Like, I'd be talking like, wow, that was a great match or, you know, whatever. That was a decent match, depending on whatever happened. And I'd still be talking about the stuff with Austin and Billman. I probably still would have talked about the stuff with Sean and Sid. And it's like, that would have been fine. But... It's like they just kind of phoned it in with the matches here. And I'm sorry, that just took me out of the show. Like, the stuff going on, I I feel like I'm rambling about it now. Yeah. It was great. (laughs) It was great stuff. (laughs) But, yeah, it just gets over – like, I don't want to say it gets overshadowed because it doesn't. And I think that's part of the problem. And it's kind of like – I know you don't want this stuff necessarily as an afterthought, but at the same time, like, don't give me Mark Merrill versus Fake Razor as a freaking main event. The dichotomy of quality between the produced stuff and then the in the ring stuff was just too far. Oh, yeah. It needed it was to be way a little closer. Like, Thanos would have snapped and the matches would have been gone. It would have just been them talking the whole time. Yep. Where can people talk to us? People could talk to us over at Twitter at AEWR Pod. Or you can go like our pictures on the Instagram also at AEWR Pod. And what about, what about the boomers if they because they don't know how to work at fancy app stuff? Well, at that point, you just need to turn your computer on or use that fancy mobile phone that your kid got you. What's our AOL keyword? Oh, see, now you're just confusing them, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We love our older listeners. If we have any out there, you guys rock. Thanks for the housing market. Anyway, you can uh, email us at AEWR316 at gmail.com. Just make sure not to do it in all caps because I will assume you're yelling at me and I will cut a promo on you via email because I'm just that kind of person. So keep that in mind, folks. Actually, don't do that. I'll probably just end up deleting it because it's. I'll assume it's spam. <laughs> which is the best way to do it it's just like you usob but whoa that was really aggressive i'm just gonna 
not read this. <laughs> Drew, any final thoughts on this episode of Raw? Uh, we're, the, we're at the end of the show. We are indeed at the end of the show. Remember um, I told you we had, some, we had some big news? I, I honestly don't remember. I was too overtaken with emotion from that main event. Ah, well, I, I started a billboard of the show at the beginning saying we had some big news to release here at AEWR Pod or Attitude Air Wrestling Review. Um, I was just informed today. I got the letter in the mail that it is November. We're getting toward the end of the year. It is award season that I have been nominated again for the Armchair Booker of the Year 2021. Yeah, folks, there we go. So, congratulations to me. We'll find out next month, see whether I've won. I'm up against four other people. Let's see how, let's see how it goes. All right, well, you got my vote. It's great. Did your ballot come in yet? I don't know when not the ballot, yet. I don't know if the ballots come out yet or not. I'm not sure how this whole thing works. I just know I got nominated, and I'm the reigning defending armchair book of the year from 2020 so i think they uh i think they show up here in a couple weeks okay um you got a panel decent panel That's a couple good. people on and i'm on the panel now this year they they invited me to be on the panel for the voting committee for that sweet uh, i'm on there with some pretty big names are you going to abstain drop right now are you going to abstain or are you just going to not vo- are you going to vote with your conscience or just oh, totally for- like okay. i'm i mean i'm totally gonna vote with my conscience here so you're probably not um, going to vote for me. Okay, that's cool. So it'll be it's. Uh, I'm on there. You know, I'll go ahead and but I, you know, Dave Meltzer. He's going to be on there. No, I don't want Dave Meltzer on there. He's uh, who else is on that panel? Um, that one dude. I do know one on. person I'm up against. Thomas Jackson. He's the other. He's one of the other armchair bookers who is up for the award. Oh, I think I've got the edge. I think I've got it. I, I think, think so I ha- too. I think and I'm I had not a- being biased. I think I had a better armchair booking year this year than last year. So we'll see what the committee thinks. But, but folks, you can shout out your congratulations on Twitter and Instagram to me. Woohoo. Y'all need to do it. I'm telling y'all, you need to vote if you can. But as for I my. Know, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know the link, but I'll, I'll find it. We'll find it. But as for my final thoughts of this show, um, yeah, I like the Pillman stuff. Their in ring stuff was bleh to the best i mean plain and simple man that's That's all i got that's all i got that's how it goes and like i said i've basically spoken in a loop about my thoughts on the show overall and those are pretty much my final thoughts if y'all ever put this garbage on television again i will never watch monday night raw ever again he lies oh he's totally lying (laughs) but (laughs) i mean honestly it just makes you look that much more forward to what's in store a year away, like a year down the road. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely needed because this right now is just. Uh, the 17th can't get here far enough for me. Cause it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Awesome. Right. And it's like, y'all need to quit front loading these tapings. I was just going to say that. Yep. Like, especially competing against a live show. <laughs> And that's the, uh, you know what? Okay. That, that was raw from November 4th, 1996. Uh, for what it was, 
if y'all watched that on the Peacock, I'm so sorry. I had nothing to do with it because I was like eight, but <sighs> I've been Arnold, the man with the plan. He's been Drew, a.k.a. the big Drewski, my tag team partner. And just like every match in this in this card, we're staring up at the lights. One, two, double DQ.